fun. Welcome back. Chump Central Pod, episode number four. It's a little bit of a lighter episode this week. Um, we do have some very loyal chumps with us. We have Duke with us. We have Commissioner Dan with us. No special guests this week. It's a little bit on the lighter side, but we're still going to make it interesting. So for episode four, we got some league news. Week nine recap. It was a very interesting week nine. Uh, we have a new segment. Um, that is very uh, controversial. Deal or no deal. I like it. We'll get into that um, in a bit. And then some week 10 predictions, and then we'll call it wraps for this one. It's only going to be one episode. We're not going to do two parts. So let's get right into it. Some big league news. Um, first things first, we have to talk about some of the big deals that went down at the beginning of the week. Um, there were two uh, actual big moves. Um, that went down in our league. The first one involved Brian and Cayman. Okay, so I'm just going to read out this trade. This was a trade that was made, and, and obviously I think it was for Brian to make a big-time playoff push. He's He was 5-3 and three at the time, and he wanted to see if he can add some bigger pieces, but he basically traded away Kenny Galladay, Devin Duvernay, two firsts, 2024 and 2025, and a 2024 second for DeAndre Hopkins and Matthew Stafford. Some might say that he tried to make that move to maybe sneak a win on Duke. Um, didn't work this week necessarily, but what do you guys think of this deal? Um, you know, I think Brian may have screwed up, up a little bit. I think that he was looking for a quarterback and Stafford just not it. You know, the season he's having is just horrendous. Um, you know, if he already has Tom Brady and Tom Brady's not playing well, so you pair that with Stafford, I mean, he's better off playing a better player in his flex, I think, personally. That in your super flex, yeah, you can play two quarterbacks, but if your two quarterbacks are going to give you points. I feel like he needed to make that move, though, because Matt Ryan has been nothing but he needed, I think I think the move was more to get DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think it was actually get Matt Stafford. The move reminded me of mine, honestly. It was, like, kind of the same thing. Like, Noah recognizes where he is right now, so does Brian. Like I like that Devonte trade I made, trading that first and Judy for Devonte. Like Brian knows he's in win now mode, so he's putting all his pieces in to stack his team. Yeah, but I don't think Stafford's a piece. I think Staff. I don't know. He hop definitely is. Stafford yeah, is more just QB depth for him. Yeah, but I mean, if you get depth, like I don't know, the perception of depth to me isn't having a guy on your bench who about ten points. That's not depth, like. Well, he's gonna he's gonna end up starting for him in a super flex, and like if if Brady goes down, he needs a quarterback. So I I think the move's not bad. I think it's just it's more insurance for when he makes a run because I think yeah, I his team isn't playing well. You know, he's gonna get it. Now yeah, the so other the other hot. trade was uh, Landy and Emmerich. Uh Landy shipped away a twenty twenty three first, which was Hareki's twenty twenty four second, and thirty dollars of fab for Derrick Henry. So Landy now has Dalvin, Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris as a running back room. And then we'll throw in uh, A.J. Dillon as well and Cordell Patterson. I think Diz, even though he's now three and six, that guy is trying to go for that playoff spot. I think that he can sneak in with the sixth spot. That's what I think that's his belief. I'll, I mean, looking at his team just generally, I think one, both people realize Najee's 24 already. He'll be 25 next year. He's old. 
So he's not a young, like, you know, super old coming out of college. That was like the one knock against him. Yeah. Like he's a very good prospect, but super old. Yeah. Right. And as we all know, and also in Pittsburgh, like what the fuck's going on? Are they rebuilding? Like clearly they're rebuilding. Right. So I think with Kenny Pickett as quarterback, his value just drops. I mean, I also think we got to see how they are after the bye. I know a lot of teams I are mean, big also, fans. People get healthier. I mean, also like with Diz trading, I honestly just don't take anything with him seriously. I just can't. No, I think this is a legit move for him. I, th- I think I think it's a good move for him, but also at the same time, like, like the I'll be honest, I think the sixth spot for the playoffs is incredibly wide open. I think he recognizes that, and I, I honestly think that's why he got Derrick Henry. Who knows? There might be another move in the works for him because the deadline is this week. But, you know, we have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, I think overall it was pretty solid. Emmerich gets a pick. Now he can kind of hit the rebuild uh, button. I will say was something that went very under the radar this past two weeks. Noah yeah. gaining three firsts in a matter of two weeks. Yeah, Noah's set up for the future real nicely. He's got yeah, a lot of young pieces. He's going to 55 and came losing. <laughs> That's a, such a came and move. Yeah. But he's rebuilding, so you can't really knock him too, too much. Yeah, he's rebuilding. So, all right, let's get right into it. Week nine recap. Uh, a lot of good games overall. We will start. Sean, even though he's a last place team, put up a nice, so it was a 143 this week to destroy Vok. Um, so, right now, Vok's sitting at three and six. Sean's two and seven. I don't think there's really many implications for that, but I think Sean's team always surprises us some weeks, even though he might not have the best roster. He gets it done. He's a boomer bust, I think, Sean. I mean, just looking at his team, like it's all about Justin Jefferson. Jefferson puts up 30. It's a good week. If he doesn't, not a great week. Yeah. I mean, I honestly I don't know what the long-term, you know, project is with his team. Two with Tyreek Hill now. He's a threat. Tyreek, dude, two has been great for him. He also has Danny Dimes. He didn't have him this week, but that's Tyreek, though. You know, I mean, I think Tyreek Hill just makes quarterbacks better when you have a guy who can outrun the whole damn defense he doesn't you don't even need him to run a route just throw the damn ball at poker get it simple so i think you know definitely um sean's gonna be boomer bust we'll see what happens we have a another chump joining us hardy welcome to the pod um not a first-time listener or a first-time caller but he's here he's ready to give his insights and with that being said hardy can you hear us I can hear you loud and clear. What's going All on, right. Joe? So, Hardy, we're, we're doing week nine recaps. Uh, you made a big proclamation last week that the uh, Fortuitous Kingdom was going to continue their reign on Chump Central, and you did. Uh, you did defeat Cayman, um, kind of a, on a, like a last day, on a Monday night kind of fashion. Talk to me about your win. How do you feel now that you're five and four and you've basically uh, increased the gap uh, between me and you and the rest of the pack for the playoffs? I'll start right where you left off, Joe. It came down to the wire. Uh, three guys to name, DuVernay, Chris Olave, and, of course, Lamar Jackson. So came down to the wire, and in a week where Mixon put up more than 55 points, can you believe that somehow the fortuitous kingdom stepped up and pulled off the victory? You've never seen a team with heart like this. Let me make that perfectly clear. Okay, I'd like to pull up some all-time records if you have them at some point and see what the highest percentage of single player has scored of a team's total points for a week. And Mixon's got to be right there. Mixon absolutely has to be up there. I think he's like eighth. I think he's like eighth or something. That's ridiculous. It's fucking crazy. Like point point one behind Doug Martin. I remember. I remember. I remember like uh, 
a Peyton Manning week like a long time ago. Uh, where he had like seven, eight times. He put I was, it up like I was down on I was down on Nova. Like Duke was a receiver. I was down on Nova by like 40 with just like Peyton to go. And that's the best seven TDs. Ridiculous. But Hardy big time dub over Cayman. Um, I'll, I'll take on my matchup. Steve absolutely annihilated me. Um, this is the second year in a row I've lost to Steve. Uh, I've look that cannon. How you like that? Sorry. I've been I've been nonstop hearing it in the group chat. And honestly, Steve is my kryptonite the past couple of years. I think obviously the fantasy gods are gonna obviously turn the tables ever since I beat him in the championship. I don't think I've really had any luck with this kid. Um and I am just not looking forward to hearing it. There's still a chance I could play him in the playoffs. God knows. You never know. We'll see. Uh, I'll let fate decide that, but just a really rough showing for my squad, his team. Um very much carried by Justin Fields, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Let's go with Aaron over Brian. Okay, this was the, as we tabbed it, the Battle of the Goliaths of freaking, uh, what is it, Godzilla against King Kong. And, and honestly, the projection said Brian was going to win, but Aaron comes out on top. Aaron, take me through it. What do you think? Well, I was, like, on Sunday, of course, I wasn't there to watch because – we were at that Jets game. We were enjoying the Jets. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, granted, granted, he uh, was missing JT and CMC, and I was missing Chubb and my running back, so it almost evened out in a way. Missing McCaffrey is definitely big, but definitely Devontae Adams was a big acquisition that I got this past week, putting up, I think, like 36 or something like that. Um, he's, definitely, he's definitely a team I see seeing down the line. And he did make a, a good trade for his team this past week. Um, and only time will tell. But for now, a lot of my players stepped up this week. The bad luck for Brian is starting to catch up to him. And we didn't think it was going to happen this year. But no, it's, it's, it's already caught up to him. It's, so it's already, it's already it's happening. Eaten, it's eating him. It does, like, you could give that guy freaking Barry Sanders, Jim Brown. You can give him Jerry Rice, Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. Could find a way to still be five and four. It, I don't know what it is with that kid. It just – And it sucks because, like, I really like him, and I think he just angered the wrong guy. I really do. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, you have people just like Steve who just talk massive amounts of shit. You know, he's seven and two. And you have Brian who doesn't even speak, who works pretty much all the time, and he's <laughs> five and four. doesn't say a damn thing. So it just goes to show you. Look at his Aaron, points for – look at his points for, though. Yeah. It's – I mean, like, Eric didn't make the proclamation. Eric did make the proclamation that Brian will be the winner. So you know what? He does have the blessing of, of a goat. Um, so we have to wait and see, but uh, I mean, Aaron, big time dub over Brian. Now we got Dan over uh, Emmerich. Dan, you want to take me through your dub? Uh, I think honestly, it wasn't, you know, the hardest dub. I think, you know, playing stick and D on Jalen hurts and mills that first Thursday night definitely helped. Um, you know, I think when he traded away Henry, that kind of solidified me for the win that week. So, you know, now I'm up to six and three, sitting comfortable in third. Uh, you know, I got DJ this week, um, you know, so we'll see going forward. I do need to pretty much win out because um, I played Steve that last week. I beat him once already. Um, so I need to win out to kind of get that bye, which I need because my whole team's on bye week 14. So I really need that playoff spot. Um, so, you know, my last four remaining matchups, I believe, are DJ this week. Then I got Duke. Um, and then I have Vok and then I have Steve. So um, I do feel good about my chance against DJ. I actually feel good about my chances against Duke too. 
So coming after you, Aaron. I'm going to be the first team that beats you. We'll see, how, pod first. We'll see how Josh is doing by then. Uh-oh. And then he proceeds to lose by 50. <sighs> All right. And then the final <laughs> matchup of the week, Diz taking over DJ. Diz moves to three and six. Tough luck for DJ. Obviously, Mahomes went off, probably one of the higher scorers of the week, but just the rest of his teams could not get it done. Hardy, I'm going to ask you a question because you brought up a couple of weeks ago about like me as a manager and how I make moves that make absolutely no sense. And another guy that this league says doesn't make sense with his moves is Diz. What do you think of Diz's team? What do you think of his outlook? Do you think Diz, with the moves he's made, the trades he's made, can he make the playoffs? Let me start with the bigger picture. Diz lacks a basic skill that any successful entrepreneur in a time where you have to build a franchise has, okay? And that's the ability to delay instant gratification. Landy cannot build a strong organization because he doesn't have any patience to sit back. He's so antsy to trade. And I don't want this to start any form of beef because Landy is my fucking guy and I'm glad he pulled off the dub this week because let's fucking go Diz. But I have to say the amount of moving parts that he's trying to maintain while having a successful franchise I don't think cuts it in the long run. He's got to take a step back. I like that outlook. Yeah, he he's uh, he's pretty nuts with his trades. Um, he'll pick up a guy and then three weeks later want to trade him. I think he put Derrick Henry on the block after this week, which was just absolutely comical. Um, but Listen, he's, I, most, he's most hated. That's what he says in his team name. You are saying? I'd also like to say that I think one characteristic of this league that makes it very difficult to do business on a weekly basis is the fact that everybody has a much different valuation of these players and of these picks. I well, think yeah, when it comes to the picks specifically, the deals don't make sense that are coming across my desk. Perfect. And you know what? That that brings us right into our next segment, which fits right into that. This is a new segment for Trump Central. We're calling it Deal or No Deal. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a player, and I'm going to give you kind of a price range. And you tell me, would you take oh, that deal or would you not take that deal? Okay? So Let's go. I'm, I'm going to go with first my guy. And, and this, this I picked this guy specifically because he has a little bit of a polarizing type of background. DJ Moore. Okay. So DJ Moore historically has been a very good receiver, but he has been a product of horrible quarterback play. So that is always a factor when you value a guy. I'll start with Duke. Do you think DJ Moore is worth a 2023 late first rounder right now? How old is he? How old is DJ Moore? 26. 26. 26. Um, I think he's on the, I think he's on the fringe of that. Honestly, I do th- like if you if you were to offer me DJ DJ Moore straight up for a twenty twenty three late first or your first, let's say it's first, like, like really late. I don't know. No, it's tough. I thought he was. I thought he was a little younger. To be honest, I thought he was like twenty five. I'm right right now. Violently shaking his head to the point where if I you offered me like a twenty twenty four first. I would definitely consider it more than a 2023. Dan, why do you so much disagree? I want to hear this. Because I'm going to bring you back to the point you just stated. If he has a horrible quarterback, I don't give a crap how old he is. He's never like It's like Terry McLaurin, right? McLaurin hasn't had a consistent quarterback, right? So for me, is he 
like McLaurin for me is better than DJ Moore. I put him a step above. I do. I just think he's a better route runner. He's wow. I just I just think he's better, and I just I just do. But I also think like, you know, okay, a guy's age great if he's young, but if he doesn't have like you said a good starting quarterback or a reliable starting quarterback. Why would I give a first for him? Well, here's the argument for that is even with bad quarterbacks, DJ Moore had three years in a row of over 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. So even with bad quarterback play, he performs. So that's kind of baked into his value. Would you, like he's a talented guy without a quarterback. Let's say he gets Bryce Young. Now would you take that deal? Well, remember also like for quarterbacks, it takes a while to get acclimated with the offense. You don't just get thrown in. You know, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud would be the best quarterback he's ever had by a mile. Yeah, but it takes time. Right, but remember, it, it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, when they're running around the pocket scrambling in college, it works. Notice how when you get to the pros, it's very different. The linebackers are quicker. They're better reads. The blitzes are quicker. You know, it's very, very different. It's a different speed of the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if it gets CJ Stroud, sure, maybe that changed it a little bit, but I still would rather bank my shot with especially with these new next two or a few classes coming out with offensive power i'd rather take my shot at a younger guy you know who goes to a better team i just you know so we're saying no deal i wouldn't do it for a first that, like, that's fair. yeah i'm saying no deal for me but each your own each your own opinion yeah and, and this is why we do it you know it's good to talk about it okay next one dan this is your guy um, this is someone that used to be incredibly highly valued. Uh, I think that value is definitely taking a hit with this year. Kyle Pitts, is he worth two 2023 firsts? No, uh, I'll start with Hardy. Hardy, do you think Kyle Pitts, the tight end for the Falcons, is worth two 2023 firsts? Yes. Oh, okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> Ask someone else's question. I can't answer this one. All right, it would get, uh, it would give away too much. I um, think I think Pitts is worth two twenty twenty three first because I think if you look at dynasty in the long run, tight end is a very premium position. This dude is a premium player. He's been a product of just a horrible offense, a horrible coach. I but like if I'm gonna pay for Kyle Pitts, like if I'm Dan. My floor is two twenty twenty three first, and oh. I would probably want more because Dan's, Dan's asking for world peace. Oh uh, no, no, of <laughs> course, I, no, I'm not, I, I'm not. But of course, I, you know, that's my floor two twenty twenty three first. But again, it goes back to my point of he doesn't have a good quarterback, you know. And he, if he gets one, he's a freak athlete. He's just a, he's a freak, and he would be amazing. The talent and, is there. And the, well, talent the, other, is, the other thing is he's at a premium position. DJ Moore, there's plenty of right, that, And that's the other thing I was going to bring up about, you know, you look at the difference between, you know, the first top five tight ends, and then, you know, you look at – or the, even the top ten, you take it out to top ten or even the top six, and then you take out, the, like, the, the top five receivers, and then you look at the next five – I mean, it's a dime. Receivers are a dime a dozen, I think, especially in PPR. Like, you know, guys like Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, those are the elite. Those are the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's like it's like running back, right? Tight end and running back are very slim. Like receivers are just a dime a dozen. When you when you get past a certain amount, it's like, does it really, really matter? No. Like, you know, that like the whole Devonta Smith debacle, I'll give you an example, right? Like, yes, he's young, he's 22, mm-hmm. he is talented. But in the offense he's on right now, if he's stuck there, I mean, they're just adding pieces like A.J. Brown. You have Miles Sanders, Gainwell out of the backfield. You have Goddard at tight end. So there's options there that 
go away from Smith. And even when they weren't there, he was still wide receiver 30 last year. So right. that's the thing. It's like, if he's not a first and he's a second, then you're basically trading Devonta Smith for Jahan Dotson, Elijah Moore. Like, would you make that trade? Like that's, you got to understand, like who's going to be at that second round. If you don't value him as a late first, like if you don't value DJ Moore as a late first, would you rather have DJ Moore or Jahan Dotson an early second round pick? Right. That's like when you start, have to start juggling. You know, I don't know the classes this year. I don't, but I know they're offensively just loaded. Yeah. I I think for the 2023 class, there's the first 10 picks, you're getting a legit player. Like there's, there's Stroud, there's young. I think we'll, I don't don't think Devonta Smith is worth that, you know, you're getting like, you know, when you get picked top 10, because remember late first round, I consider anywhere from eight to 12. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, is he worth giving up those two or three guys that could be sure things to me? Not even close. And that's just me. You know, receivers are a diamond dozen. You know, he's receiver 30. You know, Tyler Lockett's over there putting up better numbers right now. And Gino Smith's playing out of his goddamn mind. He is. He's playing well. So, so we're going to say Kyle Pitts deal on the 220-23 first because I think it's a deal. Yeah, I'd say so. All right, next one. I'd say it's very close, but I'd say so. Yeah, all right. Next one, speaking of wide receivers, another polarizing player, Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, he's someone who recently has been kind of blowing up. Um, he trade cut, really blew his value up to the point where they valued him more than C.D. Lamb, which I don't really believe. But would you trade two twenty twenty three firsts for Amon Ra St. Brown? Is he worth that? Just because he's a receiver. I'm going to say no deal. I think he is not had a large enough sample size to prove that he is a consistent like when we talk to 2023 first that's like top 10 wide receiver levels i don't think he's top 10 yet i think he's very very close i think the whole thing that dan said it's his quarterback situation yeah but look how well he's doing with a shitty quarterback he's doing doing well like to me like you yeah. see a guy like DJ No, I don't think he's worth it, but I'm saying like, look at him, how young he is and how well he's doing with someone like Goff and with that whole line and everything. And then you look at someone like Moore who has a crappy quarterback and he can't do crap. It kind of makes you wonder. And right. maybe it's the scheme or the system, but. I'll change the line then. A 2023 mid first rounder. So like, Let's assume that it's Bijan Robinson, Young, Stroud. Just one, just like just one first. Yeah. So, so like, let's so assume the first four picks is is Bijan, Stroud, Young, and Gibbs. So now you're getting to like your Jordan Addisons, your JSNs. Are you? Would you take Amon Ross St. Brown over Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba, or would you instead go for those picks? I would possibly take it. I like Amon Ra. I'm high on Amon Ra. Take Amon Ra, possibly. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough decision. I don't. I, I think mean, it's very close. JSN has had some injury issues. Um, yeah, he's had. I don't, a, I don't really know like the college class that well. Like to be honest, but like going off Amon Ra, I was high off, like high on him going into the season. I'm still high. Uh, on him. While we're on college right now, the uh, the new ranking came out, um, and it's incredible. Um, I do think, let's see here. Is it team rankings or player rankings? No, no. These are like, you know, the top four teams in the nation. Oh, okay. Um, where'd it go? I lost it. All right. Continue on with this conversation. Sorry. All right. So are we going to say no deal on the Amon Ra for two 2023 first? Okay. No, I don't think he's there yet. I think if he keeps it up though, I think absolutely. All right. So oh, oh, uh, you go. You got yeah, it. Top, you go. top four is Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, and TCU. 
TCU. Steven, did you hear that? Michigan at three. Where's Michigan State University? Besides not ranked in the top 25. I thought Mel was coming. No, you know what he's coming to? He's coming to the unemployment line. He is going to be gone in two years. Mark my words. Okay, we're moving on. Hardy, <laughs> this one's for you, bud. Okay. This is enough. This is so this is an interesting scenario. Okay. You're a contender. You need a running back. Leonard Fournette has not had the best year ever, but Hardy still wants a first for him because it's a premium position. Running back is thin. And Lenny isn't an offense that could blow up at any moment. Hardy, if someone offered you a 2023 late first rounder for Leonard Fournette, would you do it? At this moment in time, I would not do it. Maybe under different circumstances, have my team been in a different position, I would strongly consider it. However, with Fournette being a feature back on the Fortuitous Kingdom squad, I can't afford to see him go. Um, for more capital that I already have. So I've got to go, no deal. Now, if Leonard Fournette, because right now there's rumors that Rashad White might end up taking his job. How much do you look into like the news around a player um, before making a decision? Like, are you just completely set? Like you trust the talent enough where you don't care about the noise? No, it's a great question. And it brings up the other point of having two running backs from the same team. If his job is toast, I think that... He's got to be sold high. I mean, I don't want to give anything away on the air. I know that our league members all listen to this, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try and fucking get him out before that officially happens. And so I think that when it comes down to that, you just have to be careful of, of how guys are doing, where they're going to play, how much, how much touch they're seeing. That's it. I'm going to no deal this. If I, if actually now, if I was offered a, if, I was a four net owner. I would absolutely take it. But if I'm the guy that has the late first, I am not trading for Leonard Fournette personally, just because I don't like the age. The situation's a little murky. Last year, he was an absolute stud. Last year, I would definitely give a first for Fournette because he's definitely a running back you want as a contender. But I think his situation is a little weird. So, like, I'll ask Aaron because – or Aaron or Dan because both you guys have late first technically, right, if you were to have your first. Would you do that deal? Would you give up that pick? If you needed a running back like Fournette, with the news of Rashad White today, probably not. No, I wouldn't do it. No, all right. So we're gonna go no maybe deal. like a second and like <laughs> offensive player, but like especially because that Rashad White came news came out today, and I don't know, like who knows if that's ever gonna happen. But like just yeah. when there's smoke, there's fire. Like I don't know. At this point, I don't. I don't know if I would. All right. So I will. We'll, we'll say no deal on it. But Hardy is did mention he would be open to dealing him. So that's fair. All right, we got another one. Someone that we used to shit on a lot. Uh, well, not me, but you guys. Tua, now he's a top 10 quarterback. Is he worth two 2023 20, firsts? I think with the recent concussions, honestly, we only have 10 minutes left, by the way. But I think yeah. concussions do scare me. They do. Um, I think you can't look past because, honestly, you take one more blow to the head and be done for his career. Um, so I think you can't overlook that too much. I mean, the dude was literally, you know, that was, a, that was probably one of the worst concussions I've ever seen live, if not the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that will always worry me. I think with the addition of Tyreek Hill, though, um, Jalen Waddle, Kasicki, all those guys, I think you could make an argument for him. You know, my my scare would just be the injury. You know, one more blow to that head, you have no idea what can happen. Take injury out, talent wise, is he worth it? With Tyreek Hill, absolutely. Uh, without him, I would say no. 
I would pay 220-23. In a super flex, he's definitely worth it. He's a legit quarterback, and he's got a great offense. He's got a great coach that trusts him. He's not going anywhere. There used to be rumors that they were going to get rid of him, but he's been playing well. Um, so I, I think that's that's a fair deal for that. What do you think, dude? I agree with Dan on that one. Yeah. Honestly. All right. Hey, the last one is very, very, very polarizing because this is a guy who um, in weeks one through four was – we were like, this guy's the worst quarterback in the NFL. And what he has done from week five on, I think, has just absolutely been ridiculous. I mean, he set the quarterback rushing record for a single game. Crazy. I've set this line for Justin Fields at 3-20-23 first. And I would, if, I would absolutely do that deal if I was the guy giving the picks. Not if I was a guy giving up Fields. The, yeah, only, think- the only reason why is because quarterbacks with rushing upside put up a ridiculous like, – I mean, the dude put up 42 points. Like, I have Herbert and Burrow, pocket passers, right? They have any – like, Burrow is uh, giving me some bad games, but on average they don't even sniff near 30 points. The rushing aspect, like Hardy has Lamar, uh, Emmerich has J- Jalen Hurts, Kamen has Kyler. The rushing upside where, for a quarterback just makes a guy so much more deadly especially in our league. I would pay three firsts for him. He, I think he he's starting to get into the top. He start. I don't want to say he's starting to get into the top five conversation, but, I mean, he's doing this with the worst freaking O-line I've ever seen in my life. He's doing it with the worst offense ever. Could you imagine if they build around him? I mean, yeah, I, I can't believe what he's been doing. Um, even though it is, like, you know, it's a, it's a small sample size, but I do happen to agree with you. Um, that he is getting up there and he's worth it. Um, but I also think what's going on also is the bears are finally playing to his strengths. Well, like, you know, mobility wise, I think weeks one through four, for some reason, he was just stuck in the pocket the whole time. They didn't really roll him out. They didn't have these QB runs for him. So I think now that they do, I think it makes him a lethal, lethal threat on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still a little skeptical, obviously, but I think he's worth three first, um, maybe a little more. Okay. Hardy, you're familiar with draft capital and having a good amount. Um, you're someone that kind of has an aging QB too. I don't know what your, you know, your outlook is on, on getting another quarterback. If you had the opportunity where you had three first, would you give it for Justin Fields or would you go for another quarterback? I would go for another quarterback. I would think longer term, I would want to set up the team. I don't think Fields has proven enough. In the past few weeks, he's looked incredible, but I just don't see – making the push for him when I don't believe him to be the guy for the run. Are you, are you afraid of having two rushing quarter? Like what's your, what's your outlook on rushing quarterbacks and their longevity? It's a great question. I look at RG three as the benchmark of the rushing game. He's the prime example of a guy who could do it all. Freakish athletics could throw the ball, sling it, read defenses. But when you bring that kind of exposure and that kind of vulnerability into play, you're really prone to injury. Um, I think when RG3 went down, it kind of showed how that rushing game can really fuck you up for the rest of the time. So when it comes to Lamar, I just happen to look at him um, with the biased view that he's the one guy who can get away with it um, surely because of his strength and his athleticism. I don't think he's going to be worn down like some of the other Russian quarterbacks, but it's exactly the point um, that you're right. I wouldn't want to take on two Russian quarterbacks like that. That's fair. 
we're very, we're very mixed on this one because it's like recency bias always plays a role in it. Like we're not making, we're not having this conversation week four, but just what that guy's, what he's been able to do. And like Dan said, playing to his strengths now he's, he's really catapulted himself up there. And the other thing is like guys like Justin Herbert have fallen out of that tier, you know, like maybe you pay three first for Justin, Herbert, but he's playing. He's, he's, playing for he's that rib cartilage, I'm telling you, is fucking with him. He's, a, he's missing Mike Williams. He's missing Keenan Allen. He's missing we, his entire offensive line. Bro, yeah. think about the first few weeks of this season, some of the deals that could have gotten done for Herbert, like some of the fucking ridiculous things that were thrown around, mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah, I mean, I think the QB landscape has really changed. Like guys like Jalen Hurts, Fields, they're really getting up there now in the rankings. And, and guys like, you know, Herbert, Dak Prescott's fallen completely out of it, like, Prescott, I drafted him in the first round of, of our startup, and I would never do that now. I mean, it's just the the way some quarterbacks have moved. Like, obviously, some guys have stayed consistent. I think Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, like they've stayed consistent. But like, we're not we're really starting to see a revolution of the rushing quarterback. Guys like Hertz, Fields, and I think Fields is really bailing out Steve's team because Russell Wilson's been atrocious, and we thought it was going to be the other way around where. Fields would be atrocious and Russell Wilson would be elite. But yeah, I mean, he, he's an interesting one. And I think uh, it's good that we have these conversations because our perception of value, like some people might not think he's worth three first. Some people think he's maybe only worth two first. Like some people might say he's just as valuable as Tua. You know, you know I think also another point about the Russian quarterback is sometimes the longevity isn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they can get hurt much more easily because they're, you know, out of the pocket, they're rushing. You know, they're more likely to get hit, take a big hit. So, especially Fields. I mean, you watch some of these games. I mean, that dude just gets absolutely lit up. The line is horrible. Even Washington, that Washington game is so like brutal. Like, you know, what, what happens? You know, he takes one good shot that knee and he becomes immobile. Okay, now what do you rank? Now exactly. you know, Eric, Yeah, Eric highlighted this with Kyler, like the rushing quarterback. It just it, – it doesn't work. It works, but in a long-term sense. That's what, you know, the yeah. big like, – and I think the one advantage, though, Fields do, do have, like, Hurts, Lamar. They're bigger. They're 6'3", right. you know, six four. So, you know, when they move, they can see downfield. I think Kyler has a bunch of problems with that, um, you know, just because of his size limits him as well, I think, uh, a lot. Guys, but here's I, another thing. Think about a college defense, even in a highly touted school. You have how many guys, one or two, that are going to end up going to the NFL? How many guys on a good college defense are going pro? Um, like if you go to Bama, it could be like, Bama, like five, six. Yeah, five and that's and that's Bama. So when you think about the rushing game, of course it works more in college because the overall speed and athleticism of the guys just doesn't match up to some of these horses in the NFL who are like four hundred fucking pounds running a four whatever. I mean it's yeah. it's unfair. So it's like you only one guy is going to get away with it. One or two guys. I look at those guys as as Mahomes. And Lamar. And Lamar because, I mean, look at the fucking finesse. It's not even how fast he is. He's super fucking fast. But it's the finesse. It's like, without hesitation, he's making pro players look like children on, on some of these runs. And those guys are skilled, definitely. All right, we got about a minute 30 left. We're going to run through these Week 10 predictions. I'm just going to call out a matchup, and we're not really going to do analysis. We're just going to say who you think is going to win. Start Sean versus Steve. Who do we got in that one? Steve. Steve? Yeah, Steve. All right. Uh, Emmerich versus Hardy. I'm taking Hard Dog. I'll probably take Hardy on that one. Going for five in a row, baby. Uh, Brian versus Cayman. Can Brian get a bounce back? Yeah, Brian. Cayman's holding 
we believe in the bounce back. All right, Dan versus DJ, the rivalry. This is a tough one, probably. I'm going to say me. I'm pulled out by a little bit. No, nah, I think you got this one. I don't know if you have any guys on the bye. Uh, Duke versus Vok. I'm going to say myself. we got to see how Josh is doing, but I think I have a quarterback. Yeah, I think if you did start Josh Allen, he still wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Diz versus me. I think you're going to I think that's the matchup of the week, to be honest. That's the, that's the, na- that's the nationally televised Trump matchup. I'm going to take cannons in this one. All right, well, that's fair. I'll take that. All right, guys, this was Chump Pod episode four. We were chopping up real nicely. Uh, tune in next week. Hopefully we get a bigger uh, crew with us. But uh, Chumps, it's been an honor. We'll catch you all next Tuesday. Peace. 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 Peace.